That is the sound you never want to hear. It is the sound of the warning siren going off at a nuclear power plant. When you hear that sound, it means you are in the nuclear hot seat. Welcome to Nuclear Hot Seat, the weekly podcast keeping you up to date on all things anti-nuclear. My name is Libby Halevi. I'm producer and host of this podcast, and I do it because I was one mile from the nuclear reactor at Three Mile Island when the accident happened there in 1979. And I don't ever want any of you going through what I went through, or possibly worse. Today is Tuesday, June 5th, 2012, one year and 86 days since the Fukushima tragedy began on March 11 of 2011. This week, we're dedicating the entire podcast to a discussion of one of the biggest problems in the trouble-plagued nuclear industry, that of the creation of radioactive waste that will continue to poison our planet for hundreds of thousands of years. We have no way to safely store it or neutralize it, so we're stuck with this stuff virtually forever. Or are we? On the May 15, 2012 episode of Nuclear Hot Seat, I interviewed activist Elise Longy on soil remediation from radiation using boron, zeolite, and even mushrooms for mycoremediation. But in the middle of our talk, she mentioned a radical process proposed by a physicist back in the late 1970s that was theoretically capable of knocking an electron off radioactive isotopes and rendering them stable and inert. Here is that moment of discovery. There was a physicist named Rada Roy who, at 16 years of age, received a doctorate from the University of Calcutta in uh, nuclear science. And he, in 1979, neutralized radiation by knocking off electrons and rendering it neutral. So he took cesium-137 and through the process that he actually patented, he changed it to cesium-136 and he took strontium-90 and altered it to strontium-89. They are no longer radioactive. And why haven't we heard more about this individual's Roy's effect yeah. on radiation? I've had a very hard time finding anything online about him. Uh, I did find a biography written by Dennis Nestor, who... I contacted via Facebook. It was a very interesting biography. The man was incredible. He retired early from Penn State University because he was the only physicist coming out against nuclear power in 1980. He um, was never able to use this technology, uh, mostly because of a law that was passed during the Reagan administration. It prevented anybody from possessing any amount of high-level radioactive waste or spent fuel, so no one could conduct any further research. It's called the NWPA, Nuclear Waste Policy Act. It specifically stated that it had to be buried deep geological disposition of high-level radioactive waste and spent nuclear fuel, and that was the only way it could be disposed. Unfortunately for Dr. Roy and the world, what he had discovered and, and created was against the law. It became illegal. Radiation can be neutralized. Now, that's the biggest point. Uh, it's incredible. That's the philosopher's stone. It would neutralize the waste and we would be out of the danger. That deserves so, to be headlines in the international media, and it deserves to also have a ton of money thrown at it immediately. 
Today on Nuclear Hot Seat, I'm pleased to have a special roundtable discussion on the Roy process for the neutralization and elimination of nuclear waste. Dr. Roy passed away many years ago, but the current protector and agent for his theory is Dennis Nestor, who met Dr. Roy in 1981 and since 1984 has been the representative of the process. Dennis, welcome to Nuclear Hot Seat. Thank you. Good morning. It's good to be on your talk show. Thank you. Now, I'm not a scientist. I don't even pretend to be a scientist. So I have invited two experts with a greater understanding of physics, nuclear energy, and both the possibilities and possible flaws in this process. Ernie Goyton holds a mechanical engineering degree and a master's in physics. He worked for companies designing power plant equipment, boilers, condensers, and cooling towers before a 17-year stint with Bechtel in San Francisco. His last 10 years at Bechtel, he was project engineer for the Trojan Nuclear Power Plant in Oregon and project engineer for the Skagit Nuclear Power Plant in Washington State. The good news is that he quit Bechtel in 1981 after attending the Black Hills Conference on Nuclear Issues. He's been involved since then in many environmental campaigns, including the 10-year struggle to save Ward Valley in California from becoming a low-level radioactive waste dump. Ernie, welcome to Nuclear Hot Seat. Thank you. And our third guest is Ace Hoffman, a 40-year veteran anti-nuclear activist. In 2008, Hoffman wrote a book about the nuclear industry, The Code Killers, which has been highly praised by nuclear experts and is available as a free download from his website, www.acehoffman.org. We will link to it on the Nuclear Hot Seat website. Hoffman has interviewed hundreds of scientists, doctors, and engineers, and writes a blog about nuclear issues, acehoffman.blogspot.com. We'll have that link as well. He is a frequent contributor to Counterpunch and Nuclear Hot Seat, and his essays are often distributed internationally. Hoffman also has a personal interest in stopping nuclear power. He is a bladder cancer survivor. Ace, welcome to Nuclear Hot Seat. Good to be on again, Libby. So, Dennis, who was Dr. Radha Roy? He was an internationally known physicist, professor of physics in Europe, and a former director of uh, physics in University of Brussels, Belgium, and uh, uh, Penn State director from the ground up. There was no nuclear physics at all at Penn State until Dr. Roy came. And then he, he was invited uh, to, uh, to Irvine, California, to start up their uh, laboratory. And uh, it, the job didn't happen, and he ended up at ASU, Arizona State University. I happened to meet him climbing Squaw Peak Mountain, which is a park in Phoenix. And there were regular people that went up and down at dawn every day. And we passed each other on the path on the mountain. And then one day he uh, asked me to uh, come to his house for dinner. And I did, and we became friends, and I knew him for 10 years. So with the Roy process, can you explain briefly exactly how it would neutralize and eliminate nuclear waste? Okay. Uh, Dr. Roy said, uh, told me, explained to me that there's something radioactive elements have in common is that there is too many neutrons in the nucleus of the atom. 
In fact, that's what a nuclear power plant does is add neutrons to make plutonium-239 for atom bombs in the waste, and the so-called waste. But it's, it's actually more, far more radioactive and dangerous coming out of a nuclear power plant than going in as fresh fuel. But uh, anyhow, uh, what the right process does is reduce these excess neutrons one by one, releasing, causing rapid decay and producing heat, which can boil water and make electricity right there at each nuclear power plant where the waste is stored. So it's ideal to, uh, to backwards engineer everything to zero to non-radioactive elements right there at each nuclear part. You don't need Yucca Mountain at all. He spent the summer after Three Mile Island happened, and he knew the danger of radiation, so he wanted to see if it was possible to uh, transmute nuclear waste cost-effectively using current technology and current machinery, and he found you could. And he wrote, a, a, a friend of his was the newspaper editor and said, this is really significant, you better release this. You have must release it. So it became a worldwide Associated Press story. And he then made up, a, he was swamped with mail. He made up a, a patent application with a lawyer friend to show other people that were interested, big corporate companies. And one company came forward and said they wanted to see it, so they signed non-disclosure forms and the rest of it and uh, the legalities. And he showed them how to do it. And their scientists said the Roy process was, quote, entirely feasible, unquote. And then a group of five lawyers from their company came to Phoenix and spoke with Dr. Roy said, and offered him $5 million for the patent rights, plus his royalties. So Dr. Roy uh, did this uh, on a whim to see, and he, he did this routinely. He was a consultant for many things. So he uh, was about to sign contracts with these lawyers, and he said, and uh, I will be available as consultant to your company when you build the first pilot plant. And then these lawyers said, it's not going to be developed, but shelved. In other words, they wanted to buy it to kill it. Okay, let, let's stop right there and, and go back to the process. Ace, you have an understanding, I believe, of this process. Is there anything you would like to add to the explanation of how it operates? I don't have a, a complete understanding because the process is um, it's proprietary at the moment, but the, there's certainly, it is certainly true that the fission uh, products have too many neutrons and that there may be ways to 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 reduce that whether or not they're going to be energy efficient or solve 100% of the waste that's hard to hard to swallow and i would need more information i'm sorry i i don't have enough to go on just yet what would it take to get that information 
It would be good to see some of the 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 uh, what we need is pilot projects that show that the process, which I believe is uh, involves uh, beaming gamma rays at various uh, radioactive materials, it would be nice to see it actually working, and that requires funding. So the if the process, you can't really get better credentials than Dr. Roy had. And the, the theory makes some degree of sense, even to a lay person, or maybe only to a lay person. But uh, I think only funding could possibly tell us the truth of whether or not this would be of any use at all. Would it solve our problem nationally of nuclear waste? It's inconceivable to me that it could. But could it help? That's possible. I think that's the important point here. Ernie, you're an engineer. You have worked in the nuclear industry, though that was a long time ago, but you certainly have been one of our most important activists in terms of understanding the science here among the uh, activist community in California. What is your take on the feasibility of the science in the amount of it that you've been able to have access to? Well, I have uh, some problems with... uh with the idea behind it. Uh, inside a reactor, um, there's a tremendous neutron flux as well as the various uh, elements um, are radioactive. They emit uh, gamma rays as well. So all elements within the reactor, all the spent fuel and active fuel, is subject to a large high flux of gamma rays. So if a transmutation or the change in the amount of neutrons in an element would happen because of um, gamma ray impacts, it apparently didn't happen. But even assuming that uh, theoretically it's possible, it doesn't always work to the benefit. For instance, if we look at cesium-137, which was mentioned having a half-life of 33 years, uh, if you knock out uh, two of the neutrons and you get to cesium-135, you have a half-life of 2.9 million years. So the longevity is not necessarily reduced depending on which isotope you pick. Although in most cases, like in plutonium and strontium, which was mentioned, it does reduce all the isotopes with a with a lower number of neutrons do in fact have a lower half life so that's one aspect the physics aspect of it. The other aspect I'm concerned with is the huge quantity of spent fuel, the separation of it. And then then the ability to individually take a specific element and subject it to uh, gamma rays, it seems to me almost uh, a very difficult and unrealistic uh, process from a practical point of view. Dennis, are these objections that you have heard before? And if so, how do you reply to them? Well, uh, uh lawyer thought the patent application that Dr. Roy showed the other scientists. And he said the Roy process was, quote, a pioneering invention. It's new science. And that it would be easy, thus, it would be easy to patent. But uh, it doesn't use uh, neutrons 
to knock out neutrons. It uses photon, P-H-O-T-O-N-S. So uh, an opinion is is incorrect uh, because they have not seen. You you must do a test to, uh, like, say, cesium-137 and neutralize it to a stable element. would take about 14 days and measure the heat produced. Then you will know. But the idea of it is sound, and Dr. Oi would never, ever release something to the press if it didn't, was not correct. Well, it's yeah. correct in theory. Has there ever been a working model built to test this? It was not allowed. Dr. Roy, I mean, after the five lawyers met with Dr. Roy and he refused to sell the patent rights, then ASU tried to steal it. Arizona State University then, after Dr. Roy refused the lawyer's offer, tried to say it was their property. The Roy process was there. And Dr. Roy then had to spend $30,000 on a lawyer to prove that he was not an employee of ASU during the summer after Three Mile Island when he did this work. So then, uh, since they couldn't steal it or own it, they he got death threats over the Roy process, and they kicked him out of his office. They did everything they could to him. And uh, then in 1982, President Ronald Reagan signed the 1982 Nuclear Waste Policy Act, which made very old federal policy. And that ended the legality of the alternatives other than burial. In other words, in the United States right now, to get rid of nuclear waste, the only legal way that is allowed to happen is by burial. Is that what you're saying? Yes. In other words, the first thing is to allow alternatives to be tested, to be legal. Then you can test it and install it. But no company would uh, invest in the Roy process because they could not use it. Why then would you want it, you know, if it's illegal? I'd like to go back to a a previous point and get both Ace and Ernie, if you have any input to it, was that there seemed to be some confusion over, Ernie, you were talking, I believe, about neutrons, and, and, and Dennis, you were talking about photons as being part of this process. Dennis, um, photons, of course, you mean uh, gamma rays, right? Well, yeah, so it's high-energy gamma rays. There are many ways to describe it. You can say X-rays, you can say gamma rays. Okay, X-rays. So inside a reactor, during the reaction, there's a tremendous amount of gamma rays being released, right? That's, That's a radiation... Well, also that uh, uh, cesium-137 is a man-made element. So, in other words, this is how you make cesium-137. Right, it's and a fission once, product. Once you have it, then what? Then, then it, you know, it'll it's very dangerous. It'll go to the heart and muscles and organs. And oh, there's no doubt you. about that. Yeah. But the, the point is that the cesium-137 that's man-made inside the reactor is also exposed to other to gamma radiation while it's 
in, in while that fission product is inside the reactor because the fissioning process creates gamma rays. And so we get cesium-137. We don't get cesium-133 or any of the other isotopes. Well, I mean, there there is a, 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 a many many thousands of isotopes are created, some seconds, some a million years, a lifespan. So, but I'm doctor. I wanted to find out if it was possible to neutralize plutonium-239, which is the aim of nuclear power. All the rest of it is just PR to entrench the idea of radiation in the uh, economy and, the, and make you pay for it and call, we'll call it uh, uh, national security umbrella under it. You know, I mean, they're, they're taking your tax money and then they say, it's too cheap to me. In other words, free electricity so people would go for it and want it. But it isn't cheap, is it? Well, I don't think you'll get any of us disagreeing with um, the way the political structure works around nuclear energy and that it really is a front for the for bombs. But going back to your point, Ernie and Ace, if you have anything to add to this and can and can jump in, it sounded to me as a non-scientist like you're saying that within a nuclear reactor, gamma rays are being shot out all over the place, but they're not taking they are not neutralizing the radiation, they're actually creating the radiation. Am I correct in my understanding of that? Well, uh, almost. I'm saying what Dr. Roy has proposed is possible, but I also question it because the material in spent fuel or in the fuel inside the reactor is subjected to a highly intense exposure of gamma rays. So I question whether this is possible. But even granting that it is possible, it's still physically a tremendous problem, considering that each reactor creates about 30 tons a year of spent fuel. The mass of that fuel to separate it into the different components and then uh, the different isotopes and then individually subjecting that to uh, photons would be very difficult physically. We're dealing with a highly radioactive material, so I don't think it's practical, even if it's proved to be effective. So there are two, two aspects to my critique. One, I have a question, how come the existing gamma radiation that uh, cesium-137 is exposed to and fuel doesn't transmute it, number one. But even if it does, it doesn't seem to be a practical process. Ace, anything to add to that? Well, I'd like to look at it from a, a more of a executive uh, point of view and less of, of the, the scientific, uh, is it practical for just a moment? Uh, because as it turns out, uh, recently I ran across a, a document about another proposal for how to get rid of the spent fuel. And one thing that's it's from GE Hitachi, so this is a very real proposal that you know millions of dollars are probably being spent to to com conceive of it. And it does not use photons. Uh, what it uses is neutrons, which there's a large flux of those inside of a reactor as well. But 
in a normal reactor, a pressurized water reactor or a boiling water reactor, those neutrons are slowed down by water. They're both water reactors, whereas this thing that GE Hitachi is proposing uses sodium, I believe it's sodium, uh, so that the uh, liquid sodium is the uh, moderator. And this allows the neutrons to have a, they're faster, they have higher energy. And so what they believe they can do is they can uh, break apart the fission products into shorter-lived, smaller fission products. But even then, they expect to have fission product waste that needs to get stored somewhere, like in the Yucca Mountains. So they have no intention of doing this completely successfully, as far as I can tell from the documents. And uh, they have no, day, no idea if it will work. And they think it will cost about three and a half, over $3 billion over 10 years to try a, pro a pilot project. So what I'm getting at, of course, is if the ROI process has any chance at all, how much money should America put into it? And how much of a chance does it need for us to want to put something into it? Because GE's process, nothing anyone's ever done in nuclear has ever worked, and they've put tens of trillions of dollars into it over the years. So couldn't we drop you know, 10 million, 100 million, or even a billion dollars on the ROI process to find out? And if that's the only way to find out or be sure, then that's probably worth doing. Yes, um, Dr. Troy uh, estimated in 79 that it would take $2 million to neutralize cesium-137. And he, we went to, for fun, we went to a local where they do cancer treatment. And they, he wanted to rent their uh, linear accelerator to neutralize cesium-137. And the director wouldn't let him, but uh, he looked puzzled like he didn't understand. <laughs> so uh, on my website, there was an article by the New York Times that there were, uh, in five-year period, there was $23 billion spent on nuclear waste cleanup, and little cleanup ha occurred, they said. So the idea of grabbing taxpayers' money to the tune of trillions of dollars worldwide, you know, that's what they're after. They want uh, 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 subsidies and money to keep the ball rolling and start the public under uh, uh, national security laws. So, Dennis, here's a question for you. It sounds like these papers are under lock and key and are not generally available. Is that correct? Well, they're available, but uh, you have to pass a law to allow it. Otherwise, why bother with it? But is the formula, is the process itself, you said that the the company that initially made the $5 million offer on it in order to examine the papers and figure out the feasibility of it, they had to sign a non-disclosure agreement, which brings the image to mind that somehow these are under lock and key, and the key documents are not available to the general public. Is this accurate, or are they out there and available to anyone? They're not available now until uh, you change the law. Like Reagan signed with a signature that uh, is, uh, burial is federal law. Right, but we're not talking about actually doing the process. We're talking about the people being able to have access to the physics of it and seeing if things work out on paper and seeing what progress can be made in that direction. 
Well, they have to sign and show that they're capable of realization. It's not just for anybody to show. I mean, you have to meet certain criteria, but it's there. It's all written down. How to do it? Apparatus and theory. And for plutonium-239, strontium-90, and cesium-137, and we'll also work on depleted uranium, by the way, before it is exploded, which is a big concern. Okay, but but here's my thinking on this. It still sounds like the only people who could have access to this information and the entire writing out of it are people who are representing either corporations or governments that would have the ability to bring this to fruition. Is is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Well, but 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 listen to this part of it. Because any one of them, even if they say, yes, we can bring this to fruition, we'll get the laws changed, but, you know, we're willing to move forward on it, any one of them could then turn around and either bury the process or they could sell the process to somebody else who would bury it and we would be no further along. My thought is, why are you, why is it being held so closely when the information out into the world has the potential to force the laws to be changed and at least some aspect of new technology to take place. It hasn't changed the laws. I mean, but people don't know about the process. It hasn't been in conversation in a general way in the community. So I guess this is a request for a humanitarian move on your part as the person who sounds like he's in control of this to make the science of it available generally to everyone so it can so the process can't be buried and maybe we can start the pressure on uh, congress to change the law i wrote to 50 senators that i thought were progressive enough to do it and we want to get uh, venture capital firms even to europe and uh, nobody would touch it because it was illegal they wouldn't spend money on it and how long ago was this that you that you that you sent these letters out Twenty years ago, at least, or maybe longer now. Okay. Well, the world has has changed. Um, Ace Ernie, if you want to jump in on this conversation at all, please do. The uh, GE, if we want to jump back to that, the GE uh, process is nothing more than a breeder reactor, which has been uh, tried and still being used in France and Russia. But uh, it was abandoned in the United States, the Clinch Breeder Reactor, and it was abandoned um, in the U.K., the Dunray Reactor, and it was abandoned in France uh, with the Phoenix and the Super Phoenix. So there are a lot of problems with with uh, sodium uh, cooling because it's highly flammable in contact with air and water. So uh, there have been major accidents in I can go into details, but I think it's getting off the subject. And I did not mean to imply that I was endorsing GE Hitachi's plan in any way, shape, or form. Okay. But it did show that perhaps the legality is not the whole problem, because GE Hitachi thinks they can do it. Right. You have to be licensed just to get your hands on it. Uh, By law, uh, nuclear waste is property of the government. So uh, you have to overcome and deal with them 
or you'll get nowhere. Right. But the science of it, meaning the writings of Dr. Roy, are not illegal to possess, are they? Well, well, they're not illegal to possess, but uh, nothing can be uh, will happen until you change the law. This is maybe a, an opportunity to put the horse and the cart in another order, that maybe with the sharing of this information in a more general way, in other words, taking away the restriction for access to the information so that other minds can get on it and start to see if it can prove out on paper. Well, they, they already know it. I mean, Dr. Roy's daughter-in-law was in Clinton's cabinet in the White House. So the idea that the government doesn't know is, is not true. They do know. No, she means for us. No, I'm not talking about the about the government. Ace, you want to? You you get it. Go jump in on this. Uh, well, the public wants to know. We need to be able to argue with the experts that this is a process that has viability. But we have nothing to to argue that with. All we can say is let's do some, sh you know, throw some money at it because somebody said it might work, and that doesn't usually get money. It well, you have funding. to do a test and then. You have some data to show. Right. You know, do a test. That's the only way. I guess this is the point that I want to get to. And I would really like you to consider this, Dennis, and anybody else who is on, who controls the rights to this information. We are at such a crucial juncture on this planet, even without the danger of Fukushima, the dangers from the radioactive waste. With Fukushima, we're already off the charts, and we could go into catastrophic radiation releases if Unit 4 and the others go. It has never been more important for us to be able to know all the different ways that radiation can be treated, be it as basic as the soil remediation things that we discussed a few weeks ago on Nuclear Hot Seat, or this process, which sounds like it has great potential, but nobody knows about it because it has been so tightly controlled for so long. If you would be willing to release access to this information to the greater public, then people like Ace, like Ernie, and who knows how many others out there would have the opportunity to look at it, consider it. Many of them might say, you know, this sounds feasible. Let's do a pilot study. Let's do something. And that would then create the pressure on Congress to at least allow samples of material to be tested in this way be it at a school, be it at uh, in a government facility, but somehow the information would then force the law to be changed enough that the tests could be done, and if this proves out, we would then have a tool towards the neutralizing of the radioactive waste that threatens us for the next quarter of a million years we should only survive so long. So what would be your willingness as the representative of the process to make it to step away from selling the process and as a humanitarian gesture for the planet, making the information available? Well, it's, they have to assign, you know, uh, for it. Okay. Could you set it up so that people in general could sign for it and get that information? People like Ace, people like Ernie? 
Yes, it's already been done and looked at. Dr. Roy drew up a patent application, and a big big company signed the non-disclosure agreement and saw the patent application and said it's entirely feasible. Then sent five lawyers and $5 million and all this offer. Then they tried to steal it, and this and that. I mean, they have uh, – we live in a capitalistic system, and you have to follow the rules. Do you have other lawyers or family members you have to answer to in this process? Yes, it's, it's owned by the two sons of Dr. Wright. And could they be approached about releasing this information? I'm saying something is it could be something as simple as people can come to a website, sign a non-disclosure agreement, and have access to the information, maybe for a small fee, maybe for free, but so that at least the dialogue can be started. Could they be approached about this? No, not exactly. I mean, there would be a conflict of interest for them to act on it. Plus, you know, they have nothing to do with it, actually. It's like the force of gravity. It doesn't matter what you think or believe it, it exists. You know, that is real science. So uh, the idea that it's all political is the holdup. I mean, the, the product that's there is the mountain of waste is backwards engineer to zero. Right, and but but there's a log jam in the system. I, I don't want to beat this over the head, but Dennis, just be aware that right now, because people don't have access to the information, this technology is not on the table, and it is being withheld from our ability to possibly use it at a time when it is so crucial to be used. And I'm just wondering what a next step might be to see what could be done to loosen up this logjam so at least the conversation can be engaged. Uh, they want nuclear waste. That's the uh, goal of having nuclear power. They want nuclear waste. That's what they're after. And the rest is just PR to entrench the idea of radiation in the economy. So the idea of presuming that the right thing will occur, I thought, I, that's what I thought. I thought Dr. Roy would be swamped 32 years ago when this came out, and he was. And then President Reagan signed that burial is federal law. You have to overcome that and, and pass the bill, and then that then the logjam is broken. Well, there's... The logjam that Libby is, is talking about is, I would like to sign the non-disclosure agreement and see the documents. Can that be done? Well, if you're capable of realization, you know, I mean, it's not just anybody can look at it. It's a company that probably is in the nuclear business, the industry. But those companies have experts that they go to. And those people look at the documents, and they, they can be expert economists, expert scientists, expert businessmen, and they all have to sign the non-disclosure. And they do not all have the, their own individual funding to realize the product. So as a movement, we're trying to get you the funding, but we need people that can look at the documents. So how do we not fit into your 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 uh, a requirement. It's not for an individual to to uh, make a, an opinion on the Roy process. It's, you have to do a test 
to show the proof of process data. And and uh, that takes a lot. I mean, you're presuming so much that uh, people don't realize what what you're asking. Uh, that it's very complicated, and and there's a lot of legalities. You have to be licensed to get your hands on it. I mean, it's okay to eat, drink. But 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 Dennis, it's not about Ace actually having his hands on nuclear material and being able to do the exercise. He wants to be able to look at the science of it and see what his opinion is. So even though he cannot say, yes, I have the ability to bring this through to a full test, what is to prevent you from giving Ace, who I believe you know even outside of this phone call, the right to take a look at the process and examine it to see what he can then report back to the activist community and we might be able to do to support a movement in the direction of this getting done? Well, it's... it's, um more complicated than you put. If they have to show uh, many things that they're licensed, that they represent, they're capable of rendering an opinion and, and all this and that. And I mean, it was what you're asking has already been done. When but it hasn't been done by ACE, and it hasn't been done in more than 20 years. So, Dennis, I guess this is an appeal to perhaps reexamine the process of clearance on access to this information and find a way not to be stuck in the past but to allow this to move into the future so that we have the opportunity to at least find out if this is a piece that we can use in our arsenal of getting rid of nuclear waste before it's too late. Yeah. For 66 years, we've been eating, drinking, and breathing radioactive fallout from 528 atom bomb tests in the atmosphere. There were over 100 atom bombs dropped in Nevada alone. That has the potential of making a difference. If there's a legal structure around access to it that currently makes it impossible for anyone who wants to do something positive with this to gain access to it, then my suggestion, and it is a strong one, is that you talk to the attorneys or you talk to the family and you find a way to open up this logjam so that we can gain access to the technology, start the conversation, and see what can be done to change things. However we got into the situation, it can be undone, but it's going to take your willingness to take this to the people necessary on your side of the equation and have the changes made so that people like Ace, like Ernie, and like so many others out there we can't name, will have access to it and can use it to step forward with potentially making a huge difference in our future. The first thing you do is pass a congressional bill to allow alternatives. Beyond that, there's nothing to do. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. I was hoping for a much more optimistic um, uh, conclusion to this conversation. Uh, Ernie, Ace, do you have anything that you would like to add at this time? Reprocessing, um, of course, was off the table in this country, but it's certainly being done in other countries. Uh, So I don't see why there's a limitation. Maybe there is in the U.S., but uh, if the process is valid, then it could be done in France, it could be done in Russia, it could be done in Japan, it could be done anywhere. Well, you're presuming that people do the right thing when 
they make a thousand times more money doing the wrong thing. You know, there's a lot of presuming here that things will happen, and they, I thought that's what I thought, but they didn't. I thought Dr. Roy would, uh, you know, he would be world famous. There would be household words, the Roy process. But it didn't happen that way. In fact, just the opposite happened. Did you interview Dr. Roy? No. Did uh, uh, all the activists interview Dr. Roy? No. Did Greenpeace refuse to uh, uh, talk to Dr. Roy? And I was there. Hmm. And there were only about a handful of people that were interested that came to speak with Dr. Roy at all. So the idea that, uh, uh, you know, things will go along if you get along is is, is uh, wrong. Well, the world has changed tremendously since Dr. Roy passed away, and perhaps more work can be done on this. Excuse me. Hi. I just got off of me because you finished, and it was wonderful. I didn't realize I was calling in. This is Susan Shapiro again. I've been listening, and I understand both sides, I think, of what the situation is. I was wondering, Dennis, would you be willing to allow a group such as the Union of Concerned Scientists to sign a nondisclosure to analyze the right process? Have, they, have you ever approached them, or would you allow them to do that, or a school like Rochester Institute of Technology? you know, that has their own little mini-reactor to sign a disclosure so they can possibly try it. Would either of those be a possibility? Yes. I mean, it's not up to me at all. They have to sign, uh, you know, they have to be licensed to uh, acquire nuclear waste. It's not my decision or uh, the right. Is, is it possible to get a copy no, no, of the um, non-disclosure? Can you put, send us a copy of the non-disclosure agreement and see if we can get anyone who might be interested in pursuing this? Well, they have to, to sign probably, it. Probably the smartest thing to do is to write directly to the Roy's, who have all the paperwork, and probably the non-disclosure agreement. Which uh, I don't. How do we get in touch with them the, then? Uh, well, they can ask me. I'll have to look it up and get it. Uh, Doc, Robin Roy lives in Australia nowadays, and Nikki Roy lives near D.C. Doc, if you'd like, Robin, I'm an attorney you know, who, does, who deals with this. I'm an uh, environmental, intellectual property, anti-nuclear attorney. I have been interested in this process from the first time I heard about it, and that's why when I got this, I saw there was this call. I called, you know, I, I changed my schedule around because I'm fascinated with the possibility of this. And I've, you know, been at the um, Blue Ribbon Commission and dealing with the waste issue quite a bit. And so, you know, I'd be happy to work with any group that would like to try to try to make this thing at least try it. Because uh, I agree that there, to not try every possibility at this point is insane. We well, have to try whatever might work. Sure. The first, like I said, the first thing is to get uh, uh, the uh, congressional bill passed. In other words, to get it, you have to be licensed, you have to show this, sign that, and then then it'll happen. But uh, Yeah, but I think you're not understanding what they were saying, which I think is very true. I think both sides of it are absolutely true. In terms of being able to get money behind it, you need to get this congressional bill changed so that it can be legal to try anything but burial. However... Let that bill pass. You need public support, and the public does, is not stammering or even discussing this because they don't know it exists. Because because of the what they've done by changing that is they made you the Roy process go into hiding. 
So the only way to bring it out into the public and get the public engaged in this is for many people to be able to vet it and say, you know what, it looks like it might work. It's worth giving it a try. And there will be enough noise that they're going to have to do that. That's the issue, because right now, like you said, on the books, the only thing that's allowed in this country is burial, and burial doesn't work. It's not going to work anywhere. There's no place that burial is going to work. There's no place on the planet that doesn't have fault lines. It's not going to work, in my opinion. There has to be another um, another thing we have to try. If we haven't exhausted all possibilities, we don't know the answers yeah. at this point. Right. So we need a public outcry that this process needs to be tried, and I think that's what the other people on the line were trying to say. Am, am yeah, I right. correct? You have, in, to, you have to referee a proper test and, and measure the data and then show it. I mean, that's, but you have to be allowed to do it. Will you make available to us the contact information for the, the heirs of Dr. Roy so they can be approached about allowing this to happen for the Union of Concerned Scientists or another group that would be capable of vetting the information? Would you be willing to make their contact information available to us? Yes. Thank you. And hopefully it will spark further interest in the Roy process and the possibility that work can commence on at least discovering if it would work and if so, what it would take to implement it ASAP.